welcome to the PetCast, brought to you by leading pet charity Blue Cross. I'm Emma Barton. Having an animal as part of your family is a wonderful thing, but in this modern age, how do we make it as enjoyable for your pet as it is for you? A lot of the content that we see online are animals that aren't really enjoying what we're doing to them. We can really damage our relationships with our pets. Claire Haynes from Blue Cross's Animal Behaviourist team is back with us to talk about the good and less so good elements of social media and how to respect our animals as individuals. Plus, the multi-talented Penny Lancaster is here to talk about life with kids, dogs, goats and a rock and roll superstar. Whenever the kids are looking for me, my husband or whatever, they, they find the dogs and they know I'm not far and this is what we do on the PetCast, have candid conversations around the big issues facing pet lovers like me and you, with some of the UK's leading pet experts who are on hand to give us their best tips, tricks and guidance. Claire and Penny, welcome to the PetCast. I'm very happy to be here. Hello, Emma. Claire. Hi, guys. Hi. I'm so excited to see you, um, Penny. You're a TV presenter, model, photographer, and now a fully qualified special constable, a volunteer police officer, which is fantastic. Slightly jealous. Also, how gorgeous you <laughs> you must look as a police officer. I'm super excited. Tell us all about that, if you don't mind. Not, not really. I have my hair completely scraped back with a... With a with a sort of policeman's hat on or police officer's hat, yes. Um, yeah, so yeah, I'm I'm not recognised, so that's quite cool. Oh, it's wonderful. I'd like to sign up, but I don't think I'd be allowed. Why not? <laughs> no, you, you know, as as a special, it's it's a part time. You know, you have to do sixteen hours a month. So, um, it, you know, you could squeeze that in. I sure. could squeeze that in in between it, working in a minute mart in Walford. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, we're here, really. I mean, this podcast is all about pets. Penny, tell us about the pets that you have at home. Well, I have two gorgeous dogs that don't leave my side. I can see one of them behind you. Bubbles and Lily. So Bubbles is eight and here's a Cavapoo, King Charles Cavalier and a Poodle mix. And then there's our lovely Lily, who was a rescue Battersea dog. Um, We've had her for about a year. So she's about 18 months old and they're amazing companions. Yeah, so that sort of separation anxiety uh, is not so bad because they have one another. Yeah, absolutely. How lucky is Lily to come and live in a home with you? <laughs> can I just say? <laughs> oh, gorgeous! And have you got anything else, Penny? Uh, yes. In the house, we have two budgies, and um, we also have a hamster that I got my son at the, uh, last Christmas. But outside, yes, um, I've got three pygmy goats. Oh. Y- so excited gorgeous a girl called hazel right and two boys rupert and biscuit oh and they're my angels they come running and it, they got this funny little cute little bah, bah, bah sound when they see you and i've uh, i've got like a play area for them that i've constructed and we've got chickens so we've got eggs fresh eggs every day and they've just had three little bubbers oh how gorgeous can i yeah. please move in with you <laughs> a little farm. <laughs> Claire, it's so lovely to have you back on the PetCast. Um, last time uh, I spoke to you, you had fostered a puppy during lockdown. Have you heard how she's doing? 
Yes, Emma, we do keep in touch a little bit. Akira's been growing um, and she's been socialising and amazingly with the restrictions lifting, we actually were able to meet up a few weeks ago. We went for a walk together in the park. Um, My brother, who I live with, Akira, obviously knew really well. We went and hung out and it took her a little while to remember us. But once she did, she was really excited, jumping all over us and she was really, really happy. And it was great to see how confident she's become playing with other dogs and, you know, seeing her human friends on the park as well. So it was lovely, uh, lovely to see. So when you saw her, did you just think, oh, do you fancy coming back home with me or...? Yeah. Were you happy to see her enjoying her, loving her life? Yeah, it made it all really worth it when you can see her flourishing and hanging out with her dog friends on the park. We went for a walk together, so it was really nice, but she's still got loads of energy, so she's definitely in the right home. Oh, good. You got your fix, though. That's, yeah. that's, that's important. <laughs> so this episode is all about modern family life with pets and how we can be the best owners we can be for our, our lovely furry friends. And Claire, a lot of that time is really about juggling isn't it yeah absolutely uh you know we we now have to try and balance work family social life other hobbies as well as caring for your pet can be quite a lot to manage all at once so if you have young kids at home how important is it that they sort of help to look after the family pet I think it's really important. You know, it can be really mutually beneficial for both the children, the pet themselves, you know, getting more interaction, more attention from different people, as well as giving us adults a helping hand with the caregiving too. It can really help children learn, you know, responsibility and skills as long as they're old enough to understand the boundaries and be able to understand what their pets might be trying to communicate with them. It can be really fun and a great way for the, the family and the pet to spend time together. Penny, you've got two boys, haven't you? Three, if if you include your husband, Rod. (laughs) (laughs) How do you get them involved with caring for your dogs and your goats and chickens? Uh, With a bit of a struggle. It's always the same scenario, isn't it? When the the kids go, Mom, I want a dog, I want this, I want that. And you know that you're going to be the one ending up looking after them. Uh, what they're good at is is playing like tennis with the dogs or, you know, throwing the ball, using the racket, um, going for runs outside. So when there's fair weather, they're quite happy uh, to get involved or even throwing a ball around indoors, um, play football with them. And Aiden, my 10-year-old, often plays little tricks, uh, not little tricks on, tricks on the dogs, but teaches them tricks so we know whether it's to sit or fetch or roll over that kind of thing you know so uh, he gets quite engaged with that he likes the idea that he's a a dog trainer (laughs) oh and it must make you very proud to see them that they have a nice bond with the animals because you're so right I mean I was one of those typical annoying child that would hammer on to my parents that I need a dog or I want a pet and everything like that but you're right you've just got to have that knowing that you know they're not toys you've got to sort of help me you know by entertaining or feeding and walking I mean is there an ideal time sort of Claire would you say for a child to help out with the pets or knowing or sort of learning to know they have an important role to play themselves so it would totally depend on the pet really the pet's preferences their age you know what they enjoy and on the children as well so some children you know um will really enjoy that responsibility be able to understand what is and isn't appropriate for that pet so it will the timing really is just whenever your child is able to take on that responsibility respect their pet's boundaries and also that your pet's comfortable as well 
But, you know, if that happens at a young age for both, then that's fantastic. Uh, The UK government is going to formally recognise the sentience of animals in law. Could you please tell me what that means? So this is really fantastic news. After a really, really long time, the government is finally officially recognising that the animals that we share our lives with are sentient. That means they're emotionally complex, um, you know, that they feel emotions such as pain or joy, and that therefore everything going forward in terms of laws and policies has to take that into consideration. So future, um, you know, laws uh, and new processes have to recognise the fact that animals can experience those emotions. So it sounds like something we've known for a very long time, but it's brilliant that it's going to be legally recognised. It's really great news. Oh, I'm absolutely thrilled. Hallelujah for this, because they are, they are our lives. Um, Let's talk about social media, because (laughs) it's such a huge part of our lives now isn't it Claire we'll get on to the negatives because there are a few but uh, later on but social media has been a real help for pet owners particularly during the pandemic yeah for sure at a you know at a time where we had to stay at home we weren't able to connect with other people friends family social media is a platform you know where you don't need to be there in person to keep up to date to share nice pictures you know and to communicate with people chat with people so it's definitely been really beneficial for a lot of people and and something that's helped us feel less isolated i'm quite terrible i, I you know People really probably get so bored of my Insta pages because I'm just constantly putting pictures of Poppy or us on our walks. Uh, Do you do the same, Penny? I do. They're they're like our children, aren't they? I know. know? And they're much more obedient. They don't answer back. (laughs) And do yours pose for a picture? Oh my God, do they? Do they? They know. Even when I'm taking a photograph of a tree or a flower, they kind of come into the shot. It's like, photobomb it. photobomb yeah and they you know go right you sit there you sit there and they just they just they just know know the thing you know like know what mum is up to I've, I've always got my camera out so yeah they, they sit and pose and you know change their head directions give a bit of different angle oh I love it they know you're 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 a professional <laughs> exactly. photographer that's why <laughs> they know they know exactly what to do mine on the other hand will she knows she knows when that camp my fo- phone comes yes. out and I'm trying to take a picture of it. She hates it. Oh. She really, she's like, don't pap me, please. <laughs> yeah, she just doesn't like it. But I have caught her doing a fantastic thing, actually, um, only a few months ago. I had a, um, a box, um, a delivery, and it was a cardboard box. And she got in the box. And I managed to I managed to capture it on, on video and, and upload it. And it gets, it got, a, you know, a lot of views, actually. But this is it, isn't it? Social media is, is so positive in such wonderful ways at times especially for us that want to show off our animals and you've got all the Facebook support groups and you know hashtag dogs of Instagram hashtag you know cats of Instagram and I follow um, hashtag anything Parson Russell Terriers I mean it does have its benefits doesn't it I guess yeah a hundred percent as we know it's been really isolating um, over the last year or so and people perhaps haven't been able to go out on walks you know uh, with with other pet owners or perhaps they've not been able to socialise their dog if they've got a dog um, and catch up with other people. So that online community, it can be a great place to feel less alone or, you know, share your experiences with your pet or, you know, especially if you've got a new pet, how things have been going and getting to know other pet owners can still be done virtually. Any tips for taking, you know, a, a great picture of your pet? Like I said, you know, she's quite camera shy. 
So <laughs> treats in hand? Treats in hand is a great idea. Um, so sometimes you might need assistance because you're kind of be juggling with the camera and, and, and the treats at the same time. And, and when you're, of course, when you've got treats, the dogs are going to come to the treat. So you've got to kind of time it that the treat's available, but only if they behave well. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think, I think if you've given them the walk, um, and giving them the treat at the beginning and they're a little bit more worn out and I think kind of better off getting a the picture then um, but sh- finding a shaded spot because I think a lot of animals suffer in the heat and they don't be stuck mm-hmm. in the sun um, plus it's sort of the, the light is better in the shade um, I always find people have more trouble photographing dogs that are dark because they end up just one big black blob. So it's a case of getting right. the right lighting on them from the front. But yeah, my, I'm Did lucky. you hear that, Poppy? You've got to get your lighting right. <laughs> I'm lucky. My two just <laughs> love the camera and they'll sit perfectly posed. They've even sat in Christmas hats and quite happily, oh, you know. Brilliant. Okay, Claire. So we need to talk about a slightly more disturbing trend of pets being used as props in social media pranks. Um, can you tell us a bit more about some of the things we're seeing? Yeah, there's there's a lot of new things happening, uh, like like we were just talking about, perhaps in a bid to keep ourselves entertained and and make ourselves smile. Some of the things that are happening are things like there's um, a biting ear, you know, kind of trend. So going up to your animal and sort of pretending to bite their ear, but perhaps when they're resting um, or sleeping. So people following that trend and that hashtag um, have have been posting those videos. A lot of animals are unprepared for that, you know, especially if it's an unfamiliar animal or a new pet that you've recently got, you know, putting your face right in their face and doing something that's really out of character. Also, as it is social media, very often we have to take lots of videos or pictures to get quite the right one that we want to share. So, you know, repeating that over and over again as well to get the right the right take can be um, putting a little bit more pressure on our, our animals. And other things that we might be doing um, for these videos that are not really natural or normal, such as people winding their animals up or grabbing them, poking them. Other ones that we've seen are people whose pets perhaps are uncomfortable with certain things, for example, a dog that maybe uses aggression in certain circumstances, that they might sort of provoke that reaction to post it and to share it. Um, Things like seeing how your dog reacts in certain situations, such as taking things off them, maybe their food or their toys, um, or feeding them spicy food to see how they react. I, I I just find it really really uncomfortable. How do you feel, Ben? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's you know you do a, you know got two two brothers, two the two sons that I have. That one does a prank on one, and then in return they'll do a prank back, and it's that's kind of how those things work. But animals can't respond. You know, they yeah. no matter what you do to them, um, and however painful or uncomfortable the dog might be they're not going to respond they're not going to talk back or try and explain how that's made them feel or retaliate they're just going to suffer it um which which is Mm. what makes it you know absolutely cruel don't it makes me um really sad actually and it is it is cruel um please stop it claire what are your main concerns about this trend I think one of the main ones is that, you know, when, when it's a trend, one person or, or a small group of people might start it and then others follow and, and you know, use the same hashtag, etc. And it may be that the first person to do it, they do, they know that their pet's comfortable with that or they know that they're, you know, it's not going to damage their relationship. But 
everyone who everyone else who repeats that with their pet, they might not be in the situation. So not all animals are suitable to do what you might see online. You know, sometimes it you know it can feel like that that social media presence is more important than our relationship with our pets. Trust is the most important thing. And what we'd really like to see is content that promotes the trust, you know, that we have with our animals that shows examples of happy animals or dogs doing cool things that make them happy to show what can be achieved through a positive reward-based relationship with your dog. You know, we want to sort of set trends that inspire future pet owners based on positive relationships. And ultimately, in, you know, in, in the worst case scenario, some of these videos, they are damaging our relationships with our pets or could even lead to you know future issues because what do you think claire could be the consequences of these pranks you know in the longer term part of my role is to be you know um hopefully expert in understanding body language and a lot of the content that we see online are animals that aren't really enjoying what we're doing to them so ultimately if they're communicating with us that they need more space or that they're worried we can really damage our relationships with our pets where you've built a relationship with your pet and you've built an expectation of the usual dialogue that you have, you know, how you behave with them around food or around resting or around handling or whatever it might be. Uh, and then we change that and we do something that's really out of the ordinary, especially something quite extreme, then we could change how they feel about that scenario. So for example, there's been a trend of people running into a room in fancy dress suddenly um, to see how their dog reacts. And that's, that's their home, that's their safe space you know so it could be that that puts them more on edge or they feel more anxious or worried perhaps um they don't feel as safe and secure in their own home well and I I feel really like you know then you can't be expected you know that your dog is or or cat's going to suddenly sort of Mm. act differently around you because you've probably caused that because they're not happy in their situation so have real think about that before you start scaring the life out of your animals oh I've got the ump (laughs) Claire what are some of the key indicators that pet owners should be looking out for to know when their pet is uncomfortable There's so much variation. So with all different species, the way that that individual animal looks, for example, with dogs, different breeds of dogs um, and their life experience as well. All animals will communicate differently. So a little bit of an ambiguous answer. Um, If people sort of want more um, detail, I would uh, obviously there's a lot of information on our website um, that will you know provide some more detailed information for the individual species. But a really broad thing would be your animal not wanting to interact. So if you're doing something, they're not engaging, they're moving away, um, you know, and they're clearly not enjoying it, they're not acting in their usual way, then that would certainly be something that we don't want to be doing with them. So Penny, when you've spoken to your boys over the years about how to deal with your animals do they take it all on board are they you know they very good with instructions or are doing everything I suppose the same as you you're you're the mummy you're in charge and giving the same sort of commands and rules if they adapted well to that they're good in the in the sense they know that when mummy's around I'm I'm kind of the one that will feed the dogs play with them take them out that kind of thing but they know if I'm busy or I've, I'm working, then they're very happy sort of to make sure that they've got their food there and they do a little playtime. Um, I guess their favourite toy has got to be a tennis ball and they can sniff those balls out, you know, in, in yeah. amazingly hidden places that we could never find, but they could. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the, bo- 
boys the boys will take a tennis racket and play with them outside and they understand they they as much as they enjoy playing they get to a point where they'll need to rest and to yeah. give them a little break you know not to kind of taunt them or mess about with them too much you know they're to give them their little kind of peace and quiet as well but I've noticed that whenever the boys are have been unwell and taken to their beds the the dogs will literally sit by their door or sit on the end of the bed so they they do know when the kids are unwell or anyone unwell I should say and give them extra attention and love it's just very sweet so clever isn't it that you know dogs are like that they just know and 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 they they're sort of there to sort of reassure you and yeah it's just gorgeous that they respond so well to each other I love that oh yeah I must just say that I've just seen Penny's goats and they are adorable I want to come and visit look at me I'm always inviting myself they are absolutely adorable um Bubbles and Lily are actually quite jealous I must say of the uh, the new additions but um they're quite confident that that they've got the upper hand because they they get to be indoors on the sofa and sleep on mummy's bed and all that whereas the goats are restricted to their to their uh, little house and their paddock (laughs) their little meadow with their buttercups so when I go over there they the dogs come with me and I start off with with Bubbles and Lily pining at the gates that I close behind them and I feed the goats and play with them and then I allow the dogs in to sort of have a little interaction with them and I won't let the dogs get too close because at the same time I don't want to make the poor goats no. too too uncomfortable but I think the more they get used to sure. them being around I just let them have time in their paddock for about five minutes and I go right come on Lily Bubbles out you go now but there, there is a sense of jealousy while they wait for <laughs> mummy to tend to the goats. I bet they're having a little conversation to themselves saying, ha, 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 yeah, but we're going inside and we're going on the bed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I really want to come and live with you, can I? And I want to have some goats myself. I might have to ask my mum and dad. Anyway, thank you so much, Claire Haynes and Penny Lancaster. You've been a joy to talk to me today. Thank you. That's it for this petcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to share it with a fellow pet lover and click follow or subscribe to get the latest episode on your phone when it's ready. For more information about everything we've talked about, go to bluecross.org.uk forward slash petcast. I'm Emma Barton and the Petcast is a Bengo media production for Blue Cross. Blue Cross.